0: okay, we're getting ready to have some fun up in here, yeah, 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 because we're getting ready to talk about giving see yeah, okay anytime you talk about financial giving in the context of the church, people get a little uptight, they pucker up a little bit, and they you know get a little weird, it gets weird, uh, so it just what I think though, in my experience is that most of the time people get a little hot and bothered, they get a little hot under the collar and they get, you know, shifty, you know, and get frustrated when you talk about giving, it's because they don't give. So, all right, if, so in the next few minutes, you feel that way, if you feel like, oh, great, man, I got issues in my life and I don't want to hear about this. and Now, if you're a giver, you're going to love this. This is great. You can relax. But if, if, if you're not and you're like, find yourself getting a little frustrated, I got two words for you. Remember these two words, game face. Okay, don't show it. Don't show it because you're telling on yourself, and and, and you'll want to you'll want to pick uh, you'll want to pick the moment that you get up and go to the bathroom. Very well, you you'll want to pick that moment well because you know like do that right after I say something that's universally everybody's good with. Not you know like so people don't go oh. <laughs> So we are continuing our Why We Do What We Do series, and uh, I got a lot to say, and we're going to cover a lot of ground, so I'll talk fast, you listen fast, and we will learn together. I want to begin by talking about why you should become a giver, and and what I mean by that, let me define that, is why you should become a more giving person. Here's why that's important, because that's bigger than money. Now, obviously, when you talk about giving in the context of the church, the most obvious application and, and that is most often people's minds go to is financial giving, and that is true, but it's not just about money. This certainly includes money, but a, to become a giving person is not just financial, it's financially, and to be giving with your time, to become a giving person with your focus and your energy and your God-given skills, yeah. It's to live a giving way of life. Now, now some of you now are a little bit more interested. You're like, wait a second, I can be a giving person and give all these other ways and and leave off the money. Now we're talking, now we're talking. No, wait, 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 no. Because see, if you're going to be a giving person, it includes finances. You can't be a giving person and not include that part of your life. It's holistic all of life to become a more giving person. Why? Why is that so important? I'm so glad you asked. Because God is a giver, and we follow him. God is a giver. Any way you want to slice it and dice it, any way you want to look at who God is and how God is and what God does, he is a giver, and we follow him. I love the late, great Eugene Peterson when he says, giving is the style of the universe. I love that. It is woven into the fabric of existence. All of life is given. Think about it. All of life is given. Even for those of you that are like, no, I did that, I'm, that, no, that's on me, and no, I'm, wait, really? Who gave you the oxygen to suck on? while you were doing whatever you were doing? Who gave you the ability? Who gave you the mind, the brain? Who gave you the skills? And ultimately, you trace back everything in your life, and that thread will end up at the throne of God every single time. That's what Scripture teaches us. One of my favorite passages in all the Bible is Paul's address to the philosophers at Mars Hill. And a part of that, he says, talking about God, He himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Love that. God gives life and breath to everyone. Everyone. Good people and bad people. Democrats and Republicans. Rich and poor. Living on this continent, living on that continent. Doesn't matter. Everyone. He gives life and breath to everyone. It reminds me of the passages of the Old Testament, how God sends rain on the just and the unjust. It just rains, right? So everything else, everything else. God gives everything to everyone. So anything that anyone has ultimately is because God has given it to them. That's huge because God's a giver. It's just who he is. So It just makes sense that people that would follow him would reflect his giving nature. John says this in a different way. He's talking of Jesus. John writes that through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made, and in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. All mankind. You know who that leaves out? Nobody. Includes everybody. People who are like you and are not like you. People who think like you, live like you, and don't. People who vote like you and don't. You see, we we get this mindset that we just think that we got a monopoly on God, that God is just focused on people who are like me and me and mine and, and our little party and our little system and our little part of the world. No, 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 no. See, God thinking so much bigger than you and me all mankind he offers life to all mankind which means since he created everything and gives everything to us that means we are stewards of everything in an absolute sense get this you own absolutely nothing you know how I know that because one day you're gonna push up daisies and you're gonna leave it all to us Right, and everything that's got your name on it right now, we're gonna erase your name and we're gonna write our name on it. You own absolutely nothing. You take nothing with you. God, in an absolute sense, owns absolutely everything, everything, everything. And he's a giver, which means we steward everything, every part of life. It just makes sense. Okay, even if we want to go to the the most famous verse in all the Bible, you know the most famous verse in all the Bible. If you have forgotten the most famous verse in all the Bible, just watch football. NFL starts today. Go Panthers. Just watch football because somebody's going to be holding up a sign somewhere in the crowd with John 3.16 on it, right? And even John 3.16 lets us know that God is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. And what did Jesus do when Jesus got here? He gave his life. God is a giver. It only makes sense that his followers are characterized by giving. Let me say this a different way in, ca- in case you need it put like this. Stinginess is not a good look on God's kids. Okay? In the true parents uh, and grandparents, you've experienced this twice with your kids now with your kids' kids, isn't it true that eventually your kids will do something that go, oh it ain't mine. <laughs> nope, I don't know him. I don't know. And you'll tell him, you're like, don't you like do not you can not act like that. People are gonna look and think, who's your mama? Who's your daddy? right, you gotta know God looks at us going, ha ain't mine. <laughs> Except they are. And so stinginess ain't a good look on God's kids. Why? Why? Why is it that when you see someone who follows Jesus and I love God and I love people and I go to church and I read my Bible and I pay my taxes and and they just fill in all the good things they do. They're such a good person, but they're greedy and stingy. Something's a little off-putting about that, isn't it? You're like, oh, something ain't lining up. Why? It ain't a good look on God's kids because God's a giver. And I know you're thinking, well, I'm not stingy. I'm just smart with my money. Okay, we'll play your little name game, and you can spend it however you want. But The deal is, you need to become a more giving person. And that, that doesn't just mean your money. That's, that's everything. You need to become a more giving person. The more giving you become, the more, like your heavenly Father, you become. Because God is a giver. So all of us fall into one of four kind of attitudes that I, I want to talk talk about, and, and the very last one we'll spend most of our time on, but every single one of us fall into one of these four attitudes when it comes to giving, becoming a giving person. You'll say, I can't give, I don't give, I won't give, or I do give. Everybody here falls into one of these four categories. Let's start at the top, I can't give. There are those of you here, listen very carefully, you want to give. You want to give financially, you want to give your time, you want to give your energy, you want to become a you want to be a very giving person. But because of the situation you're in right now in your life, honestly, you just simply can't. You want to, but you can't. That is a very small group of people who honestly can't give. We live in a first world country here, okay? And so honestly, That's a very, very small group of people. Even though everybody's like, no, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. No, no, no. I'm talking about honestly. But listen very carefully. If you are honestly in a situation right now in your life where you want to give but you just can't, you need to know that God knows your situation. He understands your situation. He loves and cares about you in your situation. And he has promised to provide for you through that situation. Did you hear me? God is aware and he cares, and he will provide, so don't give up hope. Hang in there. Hang in there. Better days are ahead, and and I'll show you this before we're done. I'll show you God's promise to provide, so that may be some of you, right, but it's a very small group of you. Here's the largest group. Well, I can give, but I don't. I just don't. Just for whatever reason. Maybe there's many reasons. Did you know That 55%, 55% of the people who attend the summit and call the summit church their home church, 55% give absolutely zip when it comes financially. Oh, well, pastor, maybe they give in other ways and time and energy. Okay, fine, maybe they do. But if you're gonna be a giving person, it includes your money too, right? So 45%, immediately when I got that stat a couple of weeks ago, I was just like, wow, look at what God has done with less than half the people in the church getting with the program imagine if over half the other group of people if they got with the program and what you know imagine how many people we could help what god could do through this church and our community and and across the area imagine so i'm kind of excited cuz i see the potential and the opportunity so i'm not bummed but i'm just saying for the 55% of you who don't give You gotta gotta really wrestle with that. I know there's many reasons. There's many reasons why people who don't give actually don't give. But to be honest, most of the reasons are life management issues when it comes to finances. Yeah, it's called target. (laughs) Are you with me? Yeah, you just gotta run there a little less and run back with even less. (laughs) Isn't that something? You run to make a target run, you always come back with a little bit more than you ran there for. It's funny. This has nothing to do with nothing. It's just funny. You ever, you ever been in the parking lot of Target and noticed how many men are sitting in their cars alone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I noticed because I've been there. I noticed. I'm like, hey, it's Bob. And here comes, he comes back with this cart, and you're like, oh, pray for Bob. <laughs> it's funny. No, it's life management stuff. It may may mean in order to become the giver, to reflect your heavenly father's heart, that that you should become a more giving person. You may have to adjust things like that. Yeah. I don't give. And maybe it's a point of tension in your marriage. I get it. I get it. I see this all the time as a pastor. I understand it. I understand those kinds of things can be tense. But here's the deal. If you don't give and you call yourself one of God's kids, that's a spiritual issue. Jesus said it was. He said, because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So, so if you're stingy, even though you call it being smart, if you're stingy or greedy, it's a spiritual issue. Here, here's a third attitude. I won't give. I just won't. I could, but I won't. And, and these middle two are the, where you get in trouble, really. And, and most of the people who say, yeah, I could give, but I won't. And here's why you say you won't. Uh, honestly, you've been hurt, maybe. You've been hurt. You've been frustrated. You've been wounded by past church experiences. And I'm so sorry about that, that that has happened to you. It's very unfortunate. But you've been hurt. Maybe it's been abused in the past or manipulated in some way, felt taken advantage of, and you're very mistrusting and and you're skeptical. Maybe you're even jaded. You say, well, I won't give because that's all. You preachers in the churches, all they want is money. All they want is you to give money. Okay, then listen very carefully. Look at me and my God-given eyeballs. Look up in here. If that's you, if you're skeptical and jaded saying all you want is money, all you want is to give money to the church, then listen very carefully. I want you, and God wants you, and we want you to become a more giving person. Give your money somewhere else other than the summit. Fine, just become a more giving person to reflect the heart and the character of your heavenly Father. If you think it's about this church, if you think we're making it about here, then give somewhere else. There's all kinds of great places to give. God's going to take care of this church. God is always taking care of this church. Give somewhere else. If you think we're making it about us, you just need to become a more giving person. So Now, I'm taking that excuse away from you. You're going to have to find one of these other categories. You're going to have to because this one don't work. This dog don't hunt. No more. It's done. And Besides, one more thing. When we give, we don't give to a church. We give to the Heavenly Father. You may give through a church, right? But ultimately, you're given to the mission work of Jesus on planet Earth. There's this fourth category, and we'll spend the rest of our time talking about this one. Those of you who say, well, I, I do give, actually, great. Then I want to talk to you who do give about why you give, about why you give. Because it's very important to know why. If, you, if you're doing stuff and you don't know why you do it, oh, man, that's dangerous. Because <laughs> then may, maybe you're missing out on, on some things and, You need to know why. Why is it that you give? Kind of examine the motivation. Because after all, you wanna become a more giving person. I'll tell you right now, I need to become a more giving person to more and more reflect the heart of my Heavenly Father. So, four different motivators. And let's start at the base level. Here's the base level motivator for people who give. Obligation, because I have to, because God says to, because it's in the Bible because I want to be obedient to God. And that's a great place to start. In fact, that's a natural place to start. It's a very good place to start, but hopefully you'll grow beyond this. Obligation. At the base level, most people are not even there, though. We just said 55% of of you, my friends, I'm so glad you're here and so awesome, but you're not even here. Start here. Obligation, because I have to, right? But then grow beyond it. The next, the next thing people think when they think obligation, because they have to. Okay, I'll give. I'll give because I know I'm supposed to. The very next thing we wonder is, okay, so how much? So where's the line? Let me make sure I'm giving at least right where I'm supposed to. To, I want to keep God happy with me, right? I mean, if I'm going to give, I want to make sure it counts for something. If I'm going to do this, I want to make sure that I at least know where the line is so that you know I don't want to be getting struck by lightning and all that kind of stuff, hit by a bus. I just need the man upstairs happy with me. If I'm going to do it, if I'm going to step out there and, and give, where, how much is enough and God be okay with me? If you're thinking that way, you're not the only one. You suffer from a minimalistic way of thinking. Minimalistic way of thinking, right? What's the bottom line? What's the least I can do and it be okay? That's not a good way to live. Imagine if you had that attitude in your marriage. So what's the least I got to do and she not leave me? (laughs) What's the least I got to do and he still be married to me? Does that sound like a a, a marriage that you want to be a part of? Uh uh, no. It's a horrible parenting principle, too. What's the least thing we got to do to keep these kids alive and not get thrown in jail? (laughs) It's a horrible work principle. For you to go to your job thinking, what's the least I got to do to fulfill my obligated contractual job description that I signed my name to and still keep my job? If the first thing you do when you show up to your job every morning is pull out your job description and read through it to make sure that you've met all the minimum requirements and you stop there, you ain't going to have that job long. Nor should you, right? But see, we, we know this is not a way to live, except we bring this to giving. We bring this, like, what's the bottom line, pastor? I need to know. What, to keep God happy with me and make sure that I'm, I'm good. Well, I will tell you this. I will tell you that, the, that God has given us a, a principle to guide us. It, it's not like a line to where it's got to be exactly like this. No, it's a guide. And as with a guide, as with all guides, they're meant to kind of keep you pointed in the right direction. And it builds trust and helps build generosity. And the, and the giving principle guide of the scriptures, both Old Testament and New Testament, and Jesus even mentioned it, is the principle of the tithe. T-I-T-H-E, tithe. Means tenth or 10%. And that's the guide. Now, immediately, some of your, you know, pucker factor went way up. You're like, what, 10%? I don't, you know, okay, game face, game face. Yeah, I'm just telling you, that's the guide. Okay, that's the guide. You can decide what you want to do with it. But that's the guide we're given. It helps build trust and teaches us how to be generous. Uh, My wife Donna and I decided when we first got married, we were going to honor that principle. And we, you know, we, we learned immediately how to tithe, even even when it didn't make a lot of sense on paper and things were really tight and we have watched God come through time and time and time and time and time again. And it's always easier to start tithing when you ain't got none. Like 10% of nothing ain't much of nothing, right? And and then it just becomes a part of your life. And so some some of you, right, do tithe and that's great. Uh, few of you do, but some of you do. Uh, most of you don't. And some of you could immediately. Again, it's just changing up the target, changing up you know the, maybe the vacation schedule, or, or in order to become a more giving person. And others of you want to, and so you just start somewhere and work your way there. There's grace in this, but that's for those of you that's all obligation. That's big because most of us ain't even there. I give because I have to. And how much? Mm, God gives us a tithe as a guide to help get us there. So is that you? Is that you? Are you a have-to-giver obligation? There's a better motivator. There's actually three more. Number two, you give because you want blessing. And there ain't nothing wrong with wanting to be blessed, right? I'll take all the hashtag blessed you can give me. I like being blessed. I mean, considering the, uh, the alternative, right? And God knows we want to be blessed. That's why God promised to bless us. But it, For some of you, that's your motivation. It's better because of what I get. I want God involved in my finances. I want God involved in my world, in my financial world, and in my life. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. I will tell you, though, even though that's better than have to, obligation, motivation, it's not where you want to stay either because it can turn in. It can be a little selfish as well. But God promised to be involved and to bless us. In other words, God's ROI is real. His return on investment that he promised is a real thing, and there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with wanting it and desiring it, even though hopefully you'll grow just beyond it. Because, again, think about in marriage. Think about in marriage. What if you only did what you were supposed to do because of what you get in return? Yeah, I mean, as soon as she figures that out, well, she already knows it. That ain't going to work too well. As soon as he figures that out, that's not going to work too well. And we know, okay, parents, what what if we parented for what our kids gave in return? Oh, wait, that didn't even work. (laughs) That's not even a thing. Um, Right? And and some of you you work. That's why you have your career, right? The kickback, the kick. But still, it's just, uh, it's good, it's there, but it's better. God promises to bless us. The prophet Malachi says that God promises to bless us like this. And this was actually in response to the tithes, that 10% I was talking about. God says, when you do that, I will open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. And try it. Let me prove it to you. Put me to the test. The only place in the whole Bible where God says, try me, test me. Now, we test God. This is the only place where he welcomes us and tells us to test him. It's God saying, I dare you. Try this. I dare you. I double dare you. I triple dog dare you to do this. Now, here's the deal. Those of you who give generously, here's what you know. Here's what I know. And here's what all of us, if we really think about it, we know. That the greatest blessings in life, if immediately you're hearing cha-ching, 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 yeah, cha-ching, dollar signs, wait, 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 wait. We all know that the greatest blessings in life, right, cannot be measured with money. That the greatest blessings in life that we all truly, truly want are priceless. Visa figured that out a long time ago. Kind of weird, huh? Interesting. Priceless. See, God has ways of blessing you in ways that money can't even describe or quantify. Blessing. I, I like this. Solomon writes that a generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others. Will be refreshed, isn't that great? See, this is this is a part of life that stingy people don't get to experience. Blessing, God promised to bless you, but there's a better motivator. There's two more actually. What about vision? Those of you who give, maybe you give out of obligation. That's a great place to start. Don't stay there. This is a little bit better. You give because of what you get. That's natural. You're a human being. All of us want to be blessed. But let's. What about because of the need, the opportunity that's out there in the world? because of being a part of something bigger and greater than yourself, vision. Yeah, here at the summit, we want you to know that you're a part of something so much bigger than yourself, and we have the opportunity to make eternal investments, eternal investments with our financial giving and our time and our energy and our focus as we serve even, to do things that will last forever and way outlive all of us. We're talking about things driven by the vision of being a part of something eternally significant, so much bigger than any of us. We get to come together and be a part of things together that none of us could do on our own. I get to be a part of things. You get to be a part of things because we come together because of the vision to be a part of the mission of Jesus. So why do you give? Those of you who give, obligation, blessing, vision, there's one more. There's one more. By the way, let me just say this. Summit. You're the most generous church I've ever seen. You're the most generous group of people I've ever seen. At least 45% of you. <laughs> but the rest of you, I think you got it in you. Yeah, you are a part of a very generous place. And so I, I applaud you. I am so proud of you. I am honored and humbled to be a part of this church family. And I say that because I want to challenge you with one more motivator that I hope all of you, all of us, get to experience this level of motivation for becoming a more giving person. If you thought about it long enough, you'd probably come up with it on your own. Love. That's the greatest motivator. Because I love Jesus. Why do you give? I love Jesus. Isn't that the greatest motivator? With the relationships, with people you love, people who love you, why are you married? Why, why are you married? Right? Oh, he loves me. He does that because he loves me. She does that because he loves me. They, she loves me. They do that because they, they love me. Isn't that the greatest? Isn't that the best? Yes. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be so great for us to be motivated at that level? In response to all God has done for us, in response to all he has given us, which, by the way, is everything, he gives life and breath to everyone and then everything else that comes along with it. Absolutely. Love is the greatest motivator. And when you're motivated by love, I'm telling you, it deepens your relationship with God. You talk about a meaningful spiritual journey. When you are giving, Not you're, you're not paying him back. You, how could you pay God back for everything? It's not about paying him back. It's not about paying you dues. It's a love response. It only makes sense because he's given us so very much. And I pray as your pastor that you get to that level. The greatest level, the highest level of motivation for becoming a more giving person is simply because of love, because of all he has done for you. I want to give you two more motivating passages of Scripture. Paul writes to the Corinthians that God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Motivation matters. Attitude is important. And God loves a person who gives when they become a more giving person, that they do it cheerfully. Now, he is not saying that God hates stingy people. But God only loves people who give cheerfully. What about people who don't give at all? What about people who give begrudgingly? So he's not saying that God hates those people or doesn't love them. He's saying this. God loves it. God gets a kick out of it. God gets excited When he sees his kids reflecting his character of giving, and they give with the right attitude. Yeah, not out of pressure, not out of obligation. It's not even really about blessing anymore. No, it's just I want to, I get to give with a great attitude. The word here that's translated in our English Bibles cheerfully is actually comes from the Greek word that is most accurately translated hilarious. The word hilarious. God loves it when people give in a hilarious way. God loves a hilarious giver. Now, I've never met anybody that gives and laughs at the same time, but that'd be kind of cool, right? You see, that's the attitude. Like, oh, I love giving. Get get this, get this. It, It really is. The system is rigged in your favor. It really is. God gives you everything, check. Everything you have is a gift from God. And then he says, I want you to be giving to other people and giving to my mission through a local church. And I want you to be a giving person. And then when you take everything that I've given you and you give it away, then I'm gonna bless you with more in ways that money can't even measure. It's a win, win, win. What you got to lose? So that makes you wanna give with a hilarious attitude. One more motivator. Especially for those who said, I wanna give, and I can't. And maybe you're in financial difficulty right now, you're facing financial hardship, and you don't know how you're going to make maybe this has been a strange experience for you, because you're having trouble just paying your way through. Paul writes to the Philippians that God will meet all your needs, all your needs. Listen up, single mom, all your needs. Listen up, entrepreneur, starting a new business on your own? All your needs. Listen up, those of you that your whole financial world has just collapsed. Those of you who just lost a job. Those of you that the market has run away from. All your needs. Now, we got to get honest about what our needs are. We confuse needs and wants a lot of times. I do too. All your needs. According to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Newsflash. He's loaded. He's loaded. And he's going to take care of you. This is why we give. Why we do what we do. Why do we give around here? Why do we want to become a more giving person? Here's why. Because Jesus has given us so much. It just makes sense. Stinginess, stinginess is not a good look on us. We're kids of the king, and our king is a generous father. He's a giver, and we follow him. So, so maybe you're, you're giving out of obligation. It's a great place to start, but don't stay there. Whether it's blessing or vision, which are great, get to love. Get to love. Sit in that motivator, and you will become a more giving person as you interact with how much your heavenly Father has given to you, because that's how much. He loves you. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for walking us through this. It's a challenging topic. We get really weird and possessive when people talk about money. So help us to remember it's all yours to begin with. It all came from you. And you have promised to bless us and take care of us as we become a more giving person, reflecting your heart and your character to the world around us. We really, at the end of the day, have nothing to lose. And we have your word on that, literally. So Father, for my friends, my church family who are going through financial difficulties right now and literally want to, but honestly can't, take care of them, provide for them soon. May they see you come through for them as you have for so many of us, myself included, time and time and time again. May they know your provision in a very real way. Father, for those that can give but don't, help us to see that as a spiritual issue and address the heart issues that needs to be addressed there. And For those that are stubborn and just won't and they've been hurt, They're skeptical, they're jaded. I ask that you would bring healing to their heart and may you help them learn to trust again, knowing that ultimately they give to you. And for all of us who do give, may we be motivated by love more than anything else. Thank you for giving to us. Thank you for setting the example. Help us follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen.